are now listening to. Well, guys, listen, we we pretty eventful weekend, I must say. So we're going to recap. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we get into that. What's that? Before we get into that. Did y'all see the fight with the baseball team? Yes, I, I read about it. Just, the, the bench so is just clear. my understanding the was clearing situation. We, so, had a, yeah. we had a we had we hit hit a home run or something mm-hmm. and had a bat flip mm-hmm. toward the Tennessee dugout. Mm-hmm. It didn't and go in some, the dugout, just towards it. It was it was in base. So in baseball language, we spit on their faces and kicked them in the chest <laughs> because bat flips in baseball, especially lower league baseball, yeah, that is interpreted as extreme disrespect. But I enjoyed it very much. But yes, yes, continue. Hey, listen, you don't like it. Don't let me hit home runs. Exactly. You in control of that. And then the Tennessee coach took the bat and threw it. And so then... Like like into the crowd or something? It got, it got <laughs> close to the crowd right. of players that were coming to the plate to celebrate yeah. the, the game-winning hit. And mm. so it was way too close to the players. So like play, they were around. They, it could have hit one of the players. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. then it became a, a, a benches-clearing situation because of that. So, yeah. I thought it was pretty funny. but I did yeah. too. I enjoyed that. At least, at least they refrained from throwing condiments this time. Good yeah, job, Tennessee. Fair. Didn't throw no mustard in. Plenty of condiments at baseball. Well, is the game still going on? That's true. That's a true story. Is is the game still going? There there is a game today. Yes. Okay. This is the the rubber game. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. You get hella mustard packets at a baseball game. Yeah, I mean packets is fine, just not the whole bottle, (laughs) Tennessee. (laughs) Not the whole bottle. Well, wait for it. You you did say there's a game today. (laughs) So. Oh no! Put some flavor on your game. Here's some mustard. (laughs) So anyway. Let's talk about the the NFL draft. Uh, Auburn definitely had some hopefuls looking to get drafted. And here are the results, in case you aren't aware. Auburn had one uh, person drafted in this year's draft. Uh, Roger McCreary went second round to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and the remaining guys you see listed here, Smoke Monday, uh, signed a, a free agent deal with the Saints. Zakomi McLean signed a free agent deal with the Ravens. Chandler Wooten signed a deal with the Cardinals. Moultrie signed with the Steelers. And Demetrius Robertson signed with the Seahawks. Who isn't listed here, but should be noted, uh, Brodarius Ham did receive an invitation to attend the Baltimore Ravens minicamp. So it remains to be seen what happens with him there. Uh, should he sign a deal that would make it the second offensive player uh, in this year's draft class to actually land with a team? So a little disappointing because there was hopes for some guys, at least of the three guys who attended the combine, Smoke Mondays, Kobe McClain, and Roger McCreary, you had hopes of two or at least three of those guys getting um, an opportunity to hear their name called over the weekend, but they didn't turn out that way. Uh, initial thoughts about, and, and we were kind of back and forth on smoke. We can kind of, we can talk about smoke and Zacoby and what the concerns were for those guys, but just initial reaction, be your thoughts on how the draft played out, uh, how you feel about uh, those guys, uh, at least signing a free agent deal. What are your thoughts, man? I am. Um, I'm. I'm glad Roger got out close to the top of the second round. I really thought it would be the first. Um, I and not that he would have ever gone top three like Stingley did, but Stingley to me was a little overrated, overrated. At, at corner. Um, overrated. His production didn't match his height. 
his athleticism and measurables, I'm sure, outstanding, and that's why he was highly regarded coming out of high school and even coming out of college, even though that produ production didn't match what what those measurables were. But I, I think there's always going to be something to say for when you look at the tape and you grade a guy out, he's outstanding. And Roger McCreary was that. And I think in four years, when we're at the end of these rookie contracts, he's probably one of the guys taking that corner in this draft most likely to be up for a big deal. Um, similar to what Carlton Davis was in line for when he re-upped his deal. Um, so I'm I'm glad he got up high enough to still have a lucrative deal. The first round would have been better for him. I mean, hey, if, if Noah Ibanagni can get first round, Roger McCreary can go first round, man. I mean, that's just the first thing I was thinking there. So happy about that. Uh, I guess, you know, Mike and, and I kind of prophesied it on Wednesday's show that Zacoby McClain would not get drafted. Brought up that possibility. And... I am still kind of, I don't want to say I'm astounded. He's got old school middle linebacker instincts that makes him valuable, but he's mm -hmm. got, he doesn't have the size to play that position. That position in that, in that role is less important now in today's NFL than it was a while back. So he's, he can do something really well that's not as valuable as it used to be. And he's not even the ideal size to do it. So I get why you slide. I get why he's an undrafted free agent. I, I bet they were like, cool, let's call this guy right now. I bet there were plenty of people who, who knew, based on his film, that he could play and play very well and that he was going to get picked up somewhere. But it's still disappointing, man, for what he was to this defense. We saw the impact. Him in, him out, huge difference. For him to go undrafted and playing in one of the best, in the, the best football league, his value was unquestionable when he was on the field. And for him to do it consistently, no injury problems, I thought he deserved better than undrafted. And that's really what, you know, that I kind of heart goes out to him, you know, because that, that cost him some money. Um, but he's got a chance. All these guys have a chance to play their way into a long-term career if their skills fit the bill. And I'm hoping that all of them, every last one of them, can get where they are going to go, whether it's this team that they sign with or the next team that they might sign with. Because undrafted free agents, everybody, I don't know if everybody knows, but you're going to go to their, their mini camp, and then you're going to try out for the coaches. It's basically a tryout. Well, no, when you sign, you sign, but they can cut you any time in the NFL. So right. you can go through camp and get cut, and then you'll get picked up by another team's camp um, to go through their camp and get in their system and get coached by their coaches. So I just hope all our guys stick. I hope they get an opportunity. You know, I don't, I don't want them to get some some bull injuries going into the camp and now nobody's going to take a look at him for a year, year and a half because that happens to a lot of guys. I mean, what's Eli Stove kind of had that happen to him. He had, he was going through the draft process last year and he had some knee injury that was like critical. And here you go. Now you can't even, you were fringe draftable and now you've got an injury. So people aren't even going to pay you any attention. It's not like you had the hype of, you know, a, a top wide receiver. So I'm hoping that they get somewhere they stick and they get productive so they can have long careers. So I'm hoping for them. I have a two-part question, but the first question I'm going to pose to you, Mike G, this isn't specific to just Auburn and guys uh, sliding down the draft boards in terms of where we thought they were going to be. Um, I think before we came on, we talked about N'Kobe Dean and, and where he ended up versus the type of impact he had with Georgia. So just kind of talk about how that kind of plays out during the NFL draft where guys – may be projected to go, uh, I mean, Malik Willis comes to mind as well. A guy may be projected to go in a certain round but end up not going in that round or not even getting drafted at all in some cases. Yeah, um, well, let's, let's talk about 
a, a common theme that we've talked about on this show as it pertains to recruiting. We've said repeatedly that talent evaluation is not an exact science. Well, one man sees, another man doesn't see, right? Yeah. The greatest quarterback of all time got drafted in the sixth round. And they wrote a whole documentary on all the quarterbacks that got taken before him. At the time of the documentary, I don't think any of them were still in the NFL. Meanwhile, Tom Brady out here looking like he got Benjamin Button disease. He's aging backwards on the field. So talent eval is not an exact science. And that's tough. So somebody possibly missed or is going to get a hell of a deal signing Zacoby McLean as an undrafted free agent. That's what I believe. I was not a big smoke guy. He did a lot of very frustrating things playing for us. So I never thought he was going to be like a mid-round draft pick. And if you, if you understand what they tell these guys, it used to be second round. When I was in school, it used to be second round. They say, if you get anything less than a second round of eval, go back to school. That's what the pros would tell you. Now it's third round. If you get evaluated fourth round or, or higher or lower, I should say, they say go back to school. And you have to understand that because of all the other factors that affect where a team takes you, best available, you know, what their needs are, all that kind of stuff. This was not a quarterback draft. That's one of the reasons why Malik Willis dropped so low. Only two quarterbacks got taken before him. When in the draft before, we saw like three go in the top five. Teams were not, I mean, we, it was a really good quarterback draft we had with Kyle Trask and Mac Jones and all those guys. Those dudes are still backing up their guy right now. No, Mac Jones is starting. Well, I mean, you understand what I'm saying, though. Like yeah, yeah. those guys, those guys, at, at the very least, those guys are just sitting waiting their turn. There was not a ton of need for quarterbacks in this draft. There are so many different things that affect where a guy goes in the draft or if they get taken. And it was not just about on-the-field results because it's not like Roger McCreary was the only guy we were talking about possibly going in the first round. The only one. So realistically, there was a decision to make for everybody else who left that if you leave, there's a chance you may not get drafted at all. Everybody else was faced with that decision. So I just want to start there. It's not, it's not necessarily that I don't think it's, it's so much an indictment on those guys either. But we'll see. Time will tell whether, whether, whether those draft evaluations were correct. Every year we hear about some undrafted free agent making the Pro Bowl. We had hell of them during the Tuberville years. Jay Ratliff was one of my favorites. He was either undrafted or a really, really low pick. Pro Bowl. So I, I just, I just, first of all, congratulations to Roger McCreary. I want to say that. Congratulations to Roger on yeah, getting sure. drafted. This is the crowning achievement of most people's football lives. You watch the videos of them with their family. They sit around. It's a big deal. You know, confetti. Uh, you know, groupies, all of it, all around them. And you get drafted, and it's a very, very happy moment that, you know, you hope projects forward into what is a long and successful career. 
Yeah. So congratulations to him. For the guys who didn't get drafted, I think in my, in, in my mind, I'm just thinking these guys still have something left to prove. If they're being honest with themselves, they knew that when they left. They knew they still had something left to prove. Just go out there and prove it. This isn't the end-all, be-all. You know, now, some guys see your question, Caesar, about why some guys try. I mean, listen, uh, 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 Ike said before we came on air, Nicobe Dean, I was, I was with Ike. I thought he was going to be a much higher pick than he was. Yeah. And I get the injury concerns, but still. But still. He was on a national championship team and still saw the perception of his draft stock drop. And was was given credit as the most important player on that on their team as as the inside linebacker. I mean, so he let's hear yeah, all so, season. So let's not act like it's just our players is happening to Justin right. Ross went unsigned. Right. Went unsigned. Yeah, yeah. The, the difference is, is the pedestal that they're falling off of mm-hmm. is just a little bit higher than than our players was because they had a much better season. Right. But I'm telling you, man, even Roger falling to the second round, that was a steal for somebody. Yeah, right. That was an absolute steal. Somebody's going to look back on that and regret, like, man, maybe we should have moved up to take him. Mm-hmm. Considering there were other cornerbacks taken in the first round, right? Like Correct. It's, it's not as if nobody took a defensive back before they got to him in the second round. Like, I think that he's, he's a better player than... I, and I get the measurables. Like, I understand... You know, he doesn't have the 40 time. He doesn't have the arm. But, like, again, you have to look at the tape and tell me that you don't think Roger McCrary can play. Like, that's just not evident from anywhere on his tape. So Everybody who evaluates, you know, like, do the the ratings, he was top three, if not one, on everybody's best, best corner, most efficient corner, best in coverage, all those things. He was the best at so many different things. And couldn't make the first round. Right. Now, again, that uh, has a lot to do. Everybody has a staff, and I'm telling you, when it comes to draft eval, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And more often than not, they're wrong. They get it wrong so much. <laughs> so, you know, they got to steal Roger. And I would, can we put the graphic of the players that got undrafted back up? Sure. Because I just want to look at them, right? You know, again, I'm looking at Zacoby. I'm looking Chandler Wooten, man. I'm looking at a hell of a football player and an even greater man. That's yeah, somebody. He's, he's a high character guy, but that's yeah. definitely gonna, I mean, he's, he, he's gonna ha- have to make his, his chops in, in, um, you know, playing special teams, but he's gonna, he's gonna make somebody squad just cause he's got the right character. Yeah. Just a great guy. You know, he's yeah. going to be a, a, a great locker room fit for whoever he goes to TD Moultrie can play. Demetrius Robertson, man, I mean, I don't, I don't know how he projects really. I mean, he had, he was former, you know, top ten recruit in the country. Uh, he never re- kind of realized his potential. But once these guys get the opportunity to spend full time hours on their craft, without having to split that between, you know, class and and other obligations, you just never know with a lot of these guys. My point is, is that there are some hidden gems on this list. We can take it down. Like, there are some hidden gems on this list that somebody lucked up and got as an undrafted free agent. So, and it happens every year. You know, and just even though those guys didn't get drafted, those guys got picked up really quick after the draft. 
him within hours. So they weren't that far off from being on that list. But I'm telling you, even if all of them had gotten drafted, it says absolutely nothing about this staff. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, well, I won't say nothing, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, it says very little. You you can't really get too excited about it because, again, these were Gus's players, except for Robertson, I think, was the only one that wasn't Gus's player. Correct. Right. So I would I just would not have been worked up either way. I would not have come in if all all of them had got drafted and be like, see, he got more drafted than Gus. No, it doesn't matter. We still have to wait two to three years to find out how this staff this develops next and evaluates. Will be definitely telling though. Mm-hmm. Like the players that get drafted next year in the 23 draft, that will be a huge indictment on the Harson staff because he's had two years with those guys for the most Correct. part. Or yeah he brought them in as some sort of um, transfer portal person, right? And so he evaluated them and determined that they were going to be good for this school, and they came here with the expectation that that would improve their draft stock. Right. Yeah, right. That's that's it. You know, I mean, you saw the, the conference is as tough as it's ever been, man. Let me tell you. I don't know. I, does anybody have the number of how many SEC players overall got drafted? I don't have that. Don't I think the official I'm, count right here I'm looking at is a grip. <laughs> yeah, 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 a guap. We had a guap of players get drafted. Most of them from those guys in. Yeah, and UGA had most of them. Yeah, yeah, and and that's the kind of you know that's what we hope we're building towards. Do you remember what was it? Was it the uh, 2011 season, the, the most boring national title ever played between mm-hmm. uh, Alabama and uh, LSU, mm-hmm. and and they were. There were 22 draft picks between those two schools fielded. It was crazy. People were like, like they could have fielded a whole football team on both sides of the football with all the guys that got drafted between those two schools. And I just think, you know, we're working toward a place where the culture produces a lot of high character guys because the interviews and a lot of the stuff that the fans don't see go into where, whether a team decides to take a guy. Hey, listen, man, he's got great talent. But we interviewed him, and we don't think he's a good fit for our team culture. Pass. And he doesn't project that much higher than the next guy we're looking at. Those are the things that fans don't see. All they say is these draft uh, results, and they think, oh, well, you know, we went down under Harson. Like, listen, man, everything went down this last year. <laughs> everything went down last year. It was a rebuild year. It was expected. If you were paying attention, you knew this was an expected result. Ike, before we go to the break, man, what what are your what are your thoughts? And and Mike kind of uh, cued you up a little bit, but what are your thoughts just on the idea or this thought that there's someone to blame for us having one Trash. person drafted? Oh, sorry, uh, I jumped the gun a little bit there. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's an absolutely trash take uh, if you're pointing the blame at Brian Harson for sure. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. It, ta- it takes a lot of effort to get there mentally. Like the gymnastics, maybe that's why he's so good at covering gymnastics. Anyway, hey. <laughs> <laughs> practicing all the mental gymnastics. The mental gymnastics it takes to come up with that. <laughs> that was grade A jab there. Thank you. That was, that was is quality astounding. Stuff. Is astounding. Like it is like SUNY Leash would be jealous of the mental gymnastics necessary to get to where it takes to throw Coach Brian Harson under the bus for yesterday's draft 
um, results. That's that's. I mean, I mean, good sir. You you did you you did you did a really good job of making a really bad point in a very eloquent way. Um, but yeah, I just don't know how you get there. Um, but you know, hey, kudos to you for for the clicks. So go for it. All right. Uh, we we we're kind of having a chat or a conversation in in the comments, and we had this uh, comment here by Twenty Two Busy. A lot of people feel like Stingley's not overrated, but. Uh, 22 Busy says Stingley is overrated. He has been yeah. overhyped since a freshman. He's talented, but his body of work isn't number three worthy. That's my whole point. I didn't yeah. say that Derek Stingley Jr. is not a good football player. I we said he's not the he number three. Dr- and then McCreary. Roger McCreary. I said he's not the number three pick in this NFL draft. I don't even know, hear me out, that he's the best defensive back in this NFL draft. I didn't. I, now, I haven't evaluated every DB. But to the point that 22 Busy is making here, that's mostly based on his freshman year and the hype he had coming out of high school. Mm. He had flashes the last two seasons, but he was hurt the majority of the last two seasons. So you don't actually know what you're getting with him other than hope. You hope he pans out. You hope he can stay healthy. You don't know that because you haven't seen him do it. Yeah. So I just, again, I didn't say he's a trash player. I just said he's not the number three pick. And it, and it goes back to what uh, Mike G said is like, it's not an exact science. So like, what's the criteria these people are using to make these decisions off of? If you're judging it based off of one year, then it means Stingley didn't really have to do literally anything right. after his freshman year. Right. Right. So it's it's just like, what, what's the criteria? What are we judging these guys on is, is what I'm, and are we yeah. doing it consistently? Yeah. And, and so that everybody's clear. No, I, nobody's fortune telling and saying, hey, you know, just wait till next year. We're going to have a bunch of draft picks. No, the, the, the whole point is wait and see. And then let's judge on a body of work that makes sense. Yeah, right. Because we could be here a year from now saying mm, this don't look good. And draftability means nothing for your long term success in the league. Baker Mayfield was number one overall, right? You're right. How many? How many and first now, round t- picks? Bust? Most of them bust. Give him away. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know, man. They like took I said. the Carolina Panthers. I don't know if y'all saw. So during the draft, the Carolina Panthers, they were going for a quarterback. So everybody, all the NFL accounts were like, well, this is it. They're about to trade for Baker um, to get him from the Browns because they really want to do something at the quarterback position. They traded up and took a guy who just busted his knee or leg up three months ago and said, no, thanks. Y'all keep Baker Mayfield. I'm good. He was drafted number one overall. We putting a feather in Lincoln Riley's hat. Or, or is that a knock on Lincoln Riley? I don't know. Y'all let me know. I, I can't keep up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, when the goalposts move so often, it is very difficult to keep up with, um, you know, how you actually can score points in this situation. Cause, right. Yeah. 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 Listen, he, he's adding me right now. I'm about to get angry. Like, the, the, thing, <laughs> the thing is, is that this is, this is, this was always going to be a process. The last time we tried to change systems completely we had no draft picks, and we fired our coach. And we went three and nine. All those things happened the last time we tried to change up systems completely. Then the dude who was responsible for that system, primarily on offense, came back in, and we had one of the best seasons we've ever had. Right. Right. The the change is hard. I mean, they took the easy route by rehiring them. I get it. I totally get it. 
Most of the players on this squad were guys that Gus recruited. So he knew exactly what to do with them when he came back in. But you can talk about recruiting and you can talk about all this stuff. Well, Gus had this, Gus had that. You know what? Gus was probably, for the, for the amount of talent that he had been perceived to bring in, underperformed that talent more than any other coach in college football. Jim in the playoff fish. era. <laughs> I knew this. In, the, in the playoff era. Be quiet, B. This is right, don't make this right, about right, don't right, drag right, him into this. This is an Auburn conversation. It's an Auburn conversation. But no oh, other man. school that has averaged top 10 recruiting classes since the playoff era had failed to make the playoff. But Auburn and <laughs> half of them have championships already. No, that actually does apply to Jimbo as well, though. So just to be clear, they weren't averaging. But he's he's too new to the league, though. I'm talking about since the playoff era started. He just got to, well, technically he, he won a championship before. He was before. in the, he yeah, was in okay. the first yeah, playoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm about to say he's I, been I, I here the whole time. I gotta go back and look at Florida State recruiting classes between 2014 and and, and 2018. Oh, you said SEC coaches, though. I'm talking about since he's been in the SEC, he has averaged top 10 recruiting classes, yeah. and no, he has no, not I, made I said, the playoffs. No, not SEC coaches, just coaches in general. Okay. All across, it, it spans college football. All the guys. Yeah, I don't know who what the recruiting classes were. Those that post championship year with, with Florida State. I don't, I don't know, know where Florida it State was. It had started to go down. It had yeah. started to go down. Um, I don't know the exact numbers on it, but it did start to go down. Uh, my point is, is, is that recruiting top ten classes and then having final results outside the top ten consistently says you're either misevaluating talent or you're underdeveloping talent. One hundred percent. Yeah. That's it. That's the bottom line. And if you're going to bring a coach in and he's going to turn that cycle around, it just takes time. Yes. That's it. Thanks. That's it. And nobody is saying that Brian Harson is going to be the next Nick Saban either or that it's even going to get much better. I'm just saying give the guy a chance. Let's not kill the coach we hired before we've given him a chance to show us what he could do. Because in large part, a lot of the, the trials and tribulations that Brian Harson is facing were created by people who run this program. Mm -hmm. You throw yeah. a bunch of stumbling blocks in his way, and then you get mad at him when he can't jump over them all. But we paid you $5 million. What do you mean you can't overcome the world? <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I just don't. I mean, it's just lazy writing. If you're going to write about draft results... Write about draft evals, because if you had read them, right, you would have known. You wouldn't have been surprised by the result, right? And you could not have reasonably pinned most, if any, of that on Brian Harson or the current staff. The only thing I will concede is is that the actual results on the field did lower everybody's stock around. If Auburn goes ten and two, Roger McCreary goes in the first round. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, some... likely, uh, we don't have a lot of guys come back. This right, next and season then other guys yeah. who could have gotten drafted this year don't come back. Right, because right. I believe that uh, uh, there's Derek no Hall, way Derek Hall comes. Derek back. Hall gets Derek drafted Hall if he leaves. Kobe right. doesn't come back. Yeah. yeah, he gets drafted if he goes to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I mean, just Echo be fair. I'm probably just, I'm out sorry. of here. Like, it's I'm... just there's a lot of guys who came back for another season that likely would not have. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just think it is intellectually dishonest and lazy to write this stuff. Well, and we all get it. Listen, it's the offseason. Everybody's looking for content. 
That's why we say we're the hardest working content creators January to July. It's hard to write and produce content in the offseason. What we have never done is come on here and riled you guys up about some bullshit in the offseason. YouTube, it's been fun. Thank y'all for keeping this on the <laughs> I had to get that out. I had to get that out. Right? We've never done that. Getting them straight. It's all way right now. We're demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. God, it's just so... It's... I just don't even... I just didn't even understand it. But again, like I said, nobody is saying that the results are acceptable. Right. They're obviously not acceptable. Right. But we're just saying they're not final. And we don't, it's too early to know whether this represents a trend or not for the current staff. <laughs> what we do know is, is that they did have a lot to overcome coming through the door. That's mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Ain't That's really it. Don't well, on top of that, though, let me throw this before we hit the break. See, I thought that while we were going through the the Harson drama and all that was unfolding and the players had an opportunity to speak out, well, they chose to speak out, to go on Instagram Live or whatever it was, I don't think that hurt helps draft stock to go, well, yeah, let's talk with some – I left the program. I'm out. I declare for the draft, but I'm going to come on here and tell why I didn't like the coach who I got. And NFL coaches don't like that type of stuff. Because to them, it's inconsequential. You're going to play, you're probably going to spend the majority of your career, 60% of teams are bad, mostly in the NFL. I mean, you can, you can make the playoffs being, you know, nine and eight, but you're going to play for coaches who don't know what to do with you. You're going to play for coaches who have bad schemes and have you in the wrong position. And you're going to have coaches who probably aren't personable from their, your position coach to your head coach. So what, what are you complaining about? We saw the difference between the previous regime and, and the current regime as far as how personal and outgoing uh, Harson was versus Gus. And that's something that he said he needed to work on and he is working on. And by all accounts, he has started to make strides in that area. But as a player, as Mike has alluded to when we talked about Demetrius Davis and other players, keep it tucked in, man. Just be quiet. You're out. You declared. You're done. So all you have to do now is worry about how am I going to get myself best prepared for the draft? I'm... It is not beyond the realm of possibility to me that talking about the Harson saga or as coaches probably looked at it, why are you talking about what's going on with coaches? You, you left. You don't have anything to do with it. You weren't going to make a decision. You weren't going to vote with the board on whether or not to keep them. All you had to do was go, well, you know, I enjoyed my time in Auburn. I was glad to play and put on the, the orange and blue. And I wish the best to all the players and the coaches there. All done. But instead... They chose to speak out, and who knows what that did for their evaluation on a personal. You are, you now, are now listening, listening to. to